Toblerone, a taste all its own. Honey, honey, the Outline, World Dispatch. It's Thursday, September 28, 2017. I'm Jeffy Haza. Today on The Dispatch, we talk about why so many people on the internet are wrong about Neo-Yokio. Neo-Yokio has been able to capture this, you know, inner city or like big city disdain that young people have. Here's The Dispatch. Culture. So today's Thursday, and as we go into the weekend, you're probably going to want to binge watch something. Um, I've been watching Neo-Yokio obsessively. Neo-Yokio is the greatest city in the world. And I've noticed that a lot of people online have a lot of bad opinions about the show. Some people thought the show was the greatest thing to ever happen. Some thought it was a disgrace to the anime format that it set out to parody. So this week I wrote about Neo-Yokio and how I felt like so many reviewers missed the point and the broader and more successful aspects of the show were not highlighted in much of the mainstream coverage. Please have your documents ready and welcome to Neo-Yokio. Um, the show itself has sparked some debate here at The Outline, and I actually have Aaron Edwards and Adrian Jeffries here to discuss this contentious TV series. Hello. Hi. Um, so to start, what do you guys think of Neo-Yokio? You guys have both finished, right? I haven't finished. I've watched four out of six episodes, but I love it. I watched it twice all the way through, and I am kind of in the middle about it. Hmm. I should say that I don't normally watch new TV shows, but I wanted to watch this show for a couple reasons. One, the creators behind it are Ezra Koenig, who is the front man for Vampire Weekend. Love Vampire Weekend. And... Another co-creator is uh, someone from Adult Swim, which I've always liked. And the series stars Jaden Smith. Win, lose, we'll all be equal in the grave. As the main character who is this kind of, in Jeff's words, moody prince character. He uh, is a magistocrat, a person who has become part of Neo-Yokio's high society because he has this ability to fight the demons that are always attacking the rich classes of Neo-Yokio. I have a very high profile and lucrative job tonight. Job? You mean like work? I am a magistocratic exorcist and it's my sacred duty, you jackass. And there are other interesting people in the show um, who I think are kind of the up-and-coming tastemakers. Jesus and Mero from uh, the Viceland show and their podcast, Tavi Gevinson plays a character, and it just seemed really fresh to me, and also it's about New York. So all of those things put together made me really intrigued, plus the fact that each episode is only 20 minutes, which suits my busy lifestyle perfectly. <laughs> I was like, I have to watch this. And then once I started, I was like, this is really funny and original. So often people have tried to make the like cool New York show and just fail miserably or kind of do something that is corny or lame or whatever. And this show seems to have hit so many things just right. Long Island walled city, the densest housing development in Neo-Yokio. Man alive, it's immense. I'm afraid the pathways were not built to accommodate Mecca butlers. Like I never felt like, ugh, why is why are, why are there Supreme kids in here? Or like, why are there this or that in here? It's like, it really did feel like it cut through to something just real and authentic, which was really nice. I mean, TV is generally bad. So this was like a good thing to happen. So it starts off just as this 
to me, a very obvious parody of, you know, rich kids and the issues that plague them. I played you, Kaz. Midnight Blue is the new wave, and I alone will take credit for it. You bastard. I did you a favor, man. You're too neo-reach to pull it off anyway. And I think that people weren't really picking up on that. Like on Twitter, I saw a lot of people who were just panning the show for being, you know, like they were asking, like, is this a parody? Is this yeah. is this uh, satire? Like, what is this? And my thing was just like, it wasn't that deep. Like, it was just this really <laughs> simple 20-minute show that was easy to get in, easy to get out of, and like you said, touched on these really interesting points about New York. See, it's I thought it was rather deep, but it might just be colored by the context that I'm watching it in because it seems as though, especially now, like everything, every creative product that comes out has to exist alongside the like reality of the Trump America mm-hmm. kind of situation. Um, so I thought here's this show that's like about inequality in this kind of subtle way. I don't hate you. I just wish you weren't such a lapdog of the bourgeoisie. I can't help it. It's my family business. It just, you know, all the light bulbs started going off like, oh, wow, this is saying so many things. Um, But to the point of a lot of people not getting it, I feel like it doesn't really make itself known until like four episodes in. So I could totally see if you watch like if you kind of passively watch the first three episodes, you'd be like, oh, this is just Jaden Smith complaining. Right. Jeff picked up on the fact that it looked like a lot of reviewers had posted their stories before they finished the full series because the first three were the ones available as screeners. Like you said in the piece there, there's absurdist jokes. There's a sight gag where Kaz Khan is always trying to um, give people people a giant Toblerone bar. It's always darkest before the dawn, sir. Shall we get you a giant Toblerone? Chocolate always cheers you up. And then there's also social commentary kind of jokes. And I think that they are all pretty on point. And some of them definitely hint at something larger, like uh, the experience of women. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that makes them especially deep. I just think that makes them good jokes. One big criticism that was more consistent among even the more tepid reviews that weren't, you know, very negative toward the show was that it seemed to say a lot of things, but never actually settle on any point. Right. It's like people a collection of a really lot of... really wanted it to say something. Yeah, which I think says a lot about what people expect from television right now, especially oh, yeah. like these prestige television shows that Netflix tries to do, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I should come out of this feeling a certain kind of way. I should come out of this feeling like I have a collective idea of what the show is trying to tell me. And I think it's perfectly fine to have a show that just pokes at a few ideas in its first season in a very short six-episode, 20-minute episode uh, series and says, okay, we're just setting the framework. We're just laying down the pipes. We are, you know, figuring out what this is going to be. We set a really interesting world out there, and maybe we'll continue. So I think that, that it's okay for series to do that. Kaz, you don't understand. Something's changed in me since the exorcism. I'm done searching for meaning in the aesthetic cycles of commodities. Fashion is not a commodity. But people are looking for something that's definitive and completely... Yeah, I definitely felt that that criticism too, and that's what I think irked me the most, was because by the end of the the season, and hopefully not the whole series, the only thing I could think about was like the different places it could go. And that to me is a success in a series on its own. But even, even larger than that, it's like, you know, we love shows like House of Cards and we love shows like 
you know, Orange is the New Black. And, and people have written extensively about all the messaging in these shows. And to me, Neo Yokio goes as far as any of those other series. I, I've never gotten a definitive sense of what government dysfunction is like from watching House of Cards, but I definitely can see the cracks in the system that it's trying to expose. Um, and I think Neo Yokio, in the same way, it kind of presents a lot of issues to me in a more eerie sense. Like, yeah, it's very funny, but I definitely got a sense of like, this is a very dark world. And like, if you look at it in the right angle and if Cause or any of the other characters kind of slips into the wrong situation, like things can turn really dark really quickly. And that seemed to, that was something that kind of loomed the whole series. I don't want to go outside. Today's special is Squid Ink Fettuccine. Well, that is the most melancholy pasta. In one of the interviews, Ezra Koenig said, you know, we're not trying to drag anything. And I think that was confusing to people. They're like, what's being dragged? I don't see anything dra- <laughs> where's being the drag? dragged. Yeah, where's the drag? <laughs> right. Where's the thing that I'm supposed to be mad at? And he said, the only thing we're trying to drag is maybe free market capitalism. And I mean, it gets sufficiently dragged. <laughs> it does. See, this is, a, I think, where I deviate a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's a very gentle drag. Yeah. Like this, yeah. there's a scene with Tavi Givenson's character who mirrors her real life persona, which is this fashion blogger called what's her name? Again? Helena Saint Tessero. Yeah. So yeah. she. All the names are great. <laughs> so her in the first episode, she gets exorcised by Kaz because she's possessed by a demon. And then when he goes to visit her in the hospital with that giant Toblerone, she, you know, kind of criticizes him for being a pawn of the system and kind of, you know, with this very deadpan Tavi Gevinson voice is just like, you know, I can't be a part of this system anymore, Kaz. Like, I need to get out of this. I can't, you know. <laughs> well, it's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Kaz, I've come to realize it doesn't matter what you wear. That's an odd thing for a fashion blogger to say. I'm not a fashion blogger anymore. And it's not really a very deep criticism. It's just this brief scene between two people, and then he leaves, and he's depressed with his Toblerone in, in hand, and then goes on about his day. But, you know, I think with a show that might be a little bit more pandering, honestly, it would kind of delve into that, and there'd be, like, some big revelation mm-hmm. or some, like, way that it wraps it up. But it's just a conversation between two people. It happens very briefly, and then it's not really revisited. The exorcism was the start of a metamorphosis for me. It helped me realize I don't want to be the poster child for the inverted reality of the city-state. In a, in a similar way that a lot of people talk about how shows like BoJack Horseman um, explore topics of depression and anxiety in a way that, you know, they've had they've now had, you know, several seasons to do it. I think that in such a tight amount of time, Neo Yokio has been able to capture this you know, inner city or like big city disdain that young people have for trying to exist in New York. Like I do not have the kind of money that Kaz does, but like I think about, you know, what is it like to be a young person, to be surrounded by all these expectations around you about being the coolest or mm-hmm. being the cutest right. or being the you most rich or whatever. Personal brand in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I think it, that it captures a lot of If I was a rich anxiety. kid, I would definitely have a grave. There are just so many good character building details, like the fact that Kaz shops blindfolded. Oh my god, he shops by feel. Yeah, you are a true master, sir. Watching you shop purely by touch is inspiring. One of the critiques that people had was that Kaz's character doesn't grow, which I think is just insane. In six hours. Yeah, Yeah, but also by the end, like he's he's someone who was completely plugged into this matrix of. You know, even right. being someone who had to work, quote unquote, work for his money, 
by the end, he's someone who's willing to like subvert the entire system to save someone who he cares about. All right, so capitalism I think we can kind of say, let's like count to three and all say what we think the main theme of the show is. One. The main theme of the show? Two. Three. Wait, materialism. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Late capitalism. I, I said materialism, so I that's said pretty depression. Close. Wow. Yeah. A show that tackles late capitalism, depression, and materialism. And youth. And youth. Neo Yokio. And New York. That's a sign of a real a good show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. That's it for the dispatch. You can check out more of our podcasts and more episodes of Dispatch at theoutline.com slash podcast. I'm Jeffy Haza. Thanks for listening, and we'll have more stories for you on Monday.